holidays are coming and there is no better gift for a bookworm than our reading journal. Agreed, because not only are there pages for reviewing the books you've read, which listeners will know is particularly essential for me who struggles to remember characters' names or plot points, but there are also so many activities included. Yeah, let's say you're someone who wants to increase how much they read. Well, you can set that goal on the reading goals page at the start and then use the reading tracker pages to hold yourself accountable each day. And if you're someone who wants to discover new authors or genres or just generally new books to read that you wouldn't normally reach for, then I know the book bingo page, alphabet challenge and the genre tracker will help. We know so many of you are guilty of buying more and more books without reading what's already on your shelves. So we designed a double page spread which should encourage you to reach for those books. I think that's actually my favourite page because I like colouring in all the spines of the books on the shelves on that page for a bit of mindfulness. Oh, I love that. And let's not forget the flowchart, which helps you pick your favourite read of the year. And I cannot wait to see what mine is for this year. So obviously you should all buy one for yourself, but if you'd like to buy one for someone else and have it sent straight to them, you can order our reading journal gift box, where the journal will be beautifully packaged alongside a mystery hardback book and some little treats to enjoy whilst reading. And it's all available at www.bookrecos.com forward slash shop. where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. This is our last episode of the year before a festive break, so it's time to recap how it's gone. We'll be going through our reading journals together to discuss our favourite books of the year and how we got on with all of the challenges. Brace yourselves, this episode is, as I like to say, Franco's galore. episode of the year Lauren oh my goodness what a year it's been how is it already the end of the year mad yeah like two weeks left of well two weeks till Christmas wild 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 um, crazy how, how are you feeling about the the end of the year I'm feeling good yeah yeah I'm ready because it equals time off mm, yeah I'm ready for that yeah so I'm looking forward to this and there's like I'm in that phase at work now where I'm like not going to start this in 2023 so <laughs> just like moving all my tasks to next year which I know everything I'm I'm um all my work I'm like that's a 2024 Lauren problem yeah. and I know 2024 Lauren is gonna fucking hate 2023 December yeah. Lauren well 2023 but, Jess hey. is like doing prep so things that are like, oh, like if I need to start a new document, for example, I need to like brief in a program for an event. I'm like getting all the headings ready and like my page layout. Nice. So 2024, Jess is going to be like, oh my God, the layout's good to go. We love 2023, <laughs> Jess, but now I'll do the actual work. It's a lot of mind fuckery. Yeah. But at least you could just dive straight in. Yeah, exactly. Good to go. Okay. Have you got your reading journal? Of course I do. I'm excited um, to do this with you. Yeah, me too. I'm so interested to see like 
the particularly in the challenges Mm -hmm. like how we differ in the challenges and like what books you put in each category versus the ones that I went for because obviously could be anything right yeah and I also did this weird thing where I was like that book's too obvious to put even though like why not it fits the yeah no. <laughs> letter and I'm like too too basic like too <laughs> obvious gotta go rogue yeah okay so let's see let's um actually I want to start with the alphabet challenge so for those of you who for some odd reason haven't bought yourself a reading journal this is a challenge where you have to read a book that starts with each letter of the alphabet and I want to check in it with you Lauren because this morning I was scanning my shelves and the pages of my journal mm-hmm. to try and fill the final few letters because I was like no I have to have read something like <laughs> going through them all manically and I did discover one. Oh, you did I didn't have J I didn't have J I realized I read just another missing person on honeymoon and I was like fuck yes a J that's only come in recently so how many do you have left six seven oh what are your seven I've got J and K mm, yeah I've got K I've got you have I got you where's the page gone I just have my book on it yeah I don't have you yep V I read Vladimir Fuck, yeah, you did, didn't mm, you? Yeah. I was like, there must be a book beginning with V, like Very or... You should have said Verity. Verity, I know. <laughs> uh, Q? Yeah, no. Was tempted to reread Queenie, just to put it there, but don't know if it would have counted. Have you got an X? Well, I was wondering if we put seven Xs by Lucy Vine. Yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, should we put that? All right. Or... Do we complete the challenge properly and we use the last three weeks of the year to read an X? Mm. Like an X-rated book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, what, what what book would fit it? Gonna, gonna have know, to look you know? into it. Yeah, I don't know. Um and finally Zed. Yeah. Haven't got a Z. Does Zoella have a book? <laughs> Called Zoella. <laughs> Something about a zoo. Zadie Smith, does she have a book that's self-titled? She does. There must be a book about Zen. Surely. Oh, yeah, yeah. So are you going to try and fill these? Look, I feel like J and K are easy. Not easy, but like quick fixes I could. Tune into the words, like just like I found. Yeah. And K. K. Kick. Kill. So many kill books. I was looking at and I was like, oh, I did read like the book with the word serial killer and how to kill. Yeah. And, and I was like, it's just not the right thing. Is it's it? not the right. It's not. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's reconvene on that question. Okay. Do any of the books actually that you've put in the alphabet challenge feature in your top books of the year? Yes. Yeah, I actually Which... had quite a few ten- contenders for W from my top books of the year. Spoiler alert. Oh, but, really? Yeah, I've got three that start with W. Um, and the one I put was Would I Lie to You? Okay. Alia Ali's... Af- <laughs> Such a mouthful. Um, 
I've spoken about it multiple times. I'll give like a really quick synopsis just to remind you all of what it yeah. was. And you can be like, oh yeah, of course that was in her top 10. Um, so when Pfizer's husband loses his job, the plan is to use the emergency fund to keep the family afloat. The only problem is that she has spent all £75,000 of it without realising. And she has six weeks to make it back before the truth comes out. And this book, I said it at the time, it was just so full of drama, but all of it very realistic. It felt like it went on for ages, but in the best possible way. Yeah. Because you want it to end. There was loads of twists and turns, but not in like a bit of a like annoying thrillery way, just in a like real life oh my fucking God, I can't believe this is happening. How awful, we've got to find a fix kind of way. <laughs> really great characters, just so, so much in one book. Love that. I was like, this has to be in the top 10. That is a big, because it it feels like it, from the synopsis, you're like, oh, this is a real like page turner, easy read. Yeah. And I love it when books like that then end up being in your top 10 because clearly they're just so memorable yeah and I think sometimes they don't get credit where credit's due yeah yeah um and she has another book coming out that was supposed to be this year but actually it's been pushed back and it's called the big day and actually I'm kind of happy because now that one might feature in next year's top 10 like had I read it this year oh my god what would I have done you know good point Um, yeah okay any of your alphabet challenges in your top 10 indeed um, I have the letter S, which was Small World by Caleb Azuma Nelson, mm. um, which we both loved, didn't we? This was a buddy yeah. read of ours. Quickly drop the snop to remind you what it's about. It's about Stephen, who has only ever known himself in song. But what becomes of him when the music fades? When his father begins to speak of shame and sacrifice, when his home is no longer his own, how will he find space for himself, a place where he can feel beautiful, a place he might feel free? And I think you and I both discussed that this synopsis doesn't really do the book's plot justice. The real synopsis doesn't. Yes. Yeah. The real one that's all about dance. That's what I mean. And and yeah. also like the, uh, even this one to an extent, the opening sentence, which is he only knows himself in song. Like the real synopsis is just leads you to believe it's a very different. Yeah. It's book. not going to be the Billy Elliot you thought it was. <laughs> no. Um, but it's in my top 10 books of the year because just like. Um, open water. Open water. Thank you. It is the most poetically written book and I just fell in love with the writing and the nostalgia throughout it all and like it being set in that really awkward period between, you know, going to university and graduating and not really feeling like an adult but not feeling like a child anymore, like that really sticky in-between space, it really comes across in the characters' journeys and essentially it is just a really beautiful love story as well, isn't it? Yeah. And I was actually going back and looking at our previous top 10 books of the last few years and small, uh, sorry, Open Water was in both of ours. Yeah. And I said I preferred Small Worlds to Open Water. However, it is not in my top 10. (gasps) But that's because the top 10 was so, like I had so many contenders. So it's very interesting when you do this sorts of analysis. Yeah, that... (laughs) I love this, this post-reading analysis. Um, and I think I said I preferred Open Water to Small yeah. Worlds, but here we are. Both we are. made it into the top 10. Yeah. So that is a high, high reco. 
Yeah. Okay. We've started Both off of real, are. real strong. <laughs> I'm going to ask us to move over to the book bingo page. Okay. I'm going to do some ASMR with the pages of my journal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So again, if you don't have a reading journal, what are you playing at? Because this is the book bingo page where it's like a bingo card with different categories. So we've got a book set in the past, a nonfiction book, a an audio book and you have to read a book that fits each of the categories and fill them in lauren yeah how many categories have you got left to fill or what are they rather i have one two i have three left to fill oh um however work. however however i wanted to play a bit of like a top, top trumps game with you and like maybe we each give each other a category and we have to answer for the other person oh, no so sorry we eat we each have to give the book we put fun. and then we just say so just quick fire okay. um so what book did you put down for your hmm i'm gonna say books set in the past i did do tell by Lindsay lynch Oh, nice. I did still life mm. and I didn't write authors' names in any of these. Yeah, I'm surprised I did because actually on basically every other page I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then do I ask you one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you book with a dual narrative. Oh, for that one, I went for The Wake Up Call mm. by Bethany nice. Leary. Yeah. And so because our reading journals aren't dated, I actually started mine in October. So mine runs October to October. Ah, um, okay. And so I waited. A, uh, no, this is the dream of our reading I journal. Know. That you don't have to. So mine is A Merry Little Meet Cute, which is the first one of A Holly Jelly Ever After, which I just spoke about. <laughs> so that's fun. Oh, I love that. I actually had a question for you because one of the categories I've not, answered mm -hmm. is um I know I have got an answer for it so it's book with a strong female lead mm. and I wanted to see what you wrote and also what your thoughts on what I should write because I know there's lots to choose from but again this like the, you this was one of the categories where I was like no don't do that too basic yes. no, no and so as a result it's been left empty this whole time and then Yay. today when I was looking at it I was like shit how is that empty basically every book I read has a strong female character yeah and so I just went for like the first one that popped into my head from a recent read which and was it was Kitty from How to Kill Men and Get Away With It which I recently spoke oh, nice. about I don't even know if she's she's definitely not the strongest female lead that I've read all year but she was just a recent one so maybe this will be fun to do it like through right. you yeah like who should you choose oh okay because the one that the the book that keep I keep like going to write for this category, I don't think is quite right, and it's the Rachel Instant because I don't think she was particularly a strong female character. She's not strong at all. No, <laughs> so I don't know what what book to uh, what what character to put in for that then. Yeah, what I about like... Limelight by Daisy Buchanan, the main character mm -hmm. in that? Because she sort of she went against Have the I... norms a lot, and her family, and like that's quite strong. Yeah, and actually I haven't put Limelight in any of the other book bingo categories because that's the other thing I was doing. I wasn't, like, doubling up. Oh, God, no. No, no, yeah. no. Okay, I'm right. I'm going for Limelight. Okay, I like this a it's lot. It's committed to page now. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I wrote it lowercase and everything else was written uppercase. Yeah. Weirdly, my bet, this me. is uppercase on this page and no one else's. Lauren, <laughs> what did you put by record by book records? Because I haven't filled <laughs> it out because it feels like too much of a cheat. Yeah. So I went quite sneaky for this one because okay. I put Christmas Peel because it's a book we've read. We wouldn't mm. have read this had year we not, had yeah. we not have read the other books in the series. I so like I felt like it fit the category quite well yeah that's a great shout okay um do any of your top 10 books feature on this page let me have a look yes it is the self-improvement category and I went for I may be wrong which is written I can't pronounce his last name but he is a ex-forest monk and he, it's essentially a quick synop. Um, it's this forest monk shares his advice on how to face uncertainty and doubt it. And, you know, with all that being part of natural life and we don't choose our thoughts, we don't control the shape they take or what pops into our minds. We can only choose whether or not to believe them. And I just really liked this book. I remember reading it when I went to Wales earlier this year and there were so many moments where like like quotes I underlined and um it it was one of those books where it just helps you analyze your thoughts and remember that just because it's a thought doesn't mean it is something that is true and so he consistently consistently a phrase he comes back to is I may be wrong and it's it's something you can say in any given situation Mm -hmm. in your life if you if you're if you believe something or you think something something to always come back to is but I may be wrong because I think it helps just to give a bit of balance and perspective and stop like your mind spiraling and it was just genuinely one of the most incredible books I've ever read I would really recommend reading it it's nothing to lofty or woo-woo at all it's just like really pragmatic and down to earth and like simplified way of approaching life I thought it was really beautiful yeah and you haven't spoken about it before fresh fresh oh echo. have I not nope uh, no. there we go yeah and so since then have you found yourself like applying it yes and it's actually I probably shouldn't say this uh, it's like a good Christmas present for people in your life, I think. It's like a nice stocking filler. Like if somebody is going through a difficult time, maybe it's a, I would say that this book is definitely one to share. Nice. Well, thank you. And what about you? Did any books on book bingo feature in your top 10 books of the year? Yeah, it's another W. Oh, it is Wild Things by Laura Kay. No surprises. Um, And this was in the category of book written by an LGBTQ plus author. Um, I've talked about this book myself and then Beth O'Leary gave it as her record. I chatted about it again. So I will (laughs) just remind you what it's about, but I won't chat too deeply. Um, So this is the story where one's bisexual, one's a lesbian, one's gay and one's straight. And they've all decided to move out of London to a house in the sticks to get on the property ladder. They buy Mm -hmm. chickens. It's a fixer upper. They get 
embedded in the local town. There's a unrequited love storyline. It just brings so much joy. And whilst choosing my top 10, like I think, and again, I was looking back on my previous ones and like, it's mm. really easy to be like, mm, well, this isn't profound. This is yeah. nonfiction teaching me something. This is an a, amazing story of travel and war and, and all these horrible things. I had an absolutely fucking wonderful time reading this. I've told everyone to read it since. Thus, it should be in my top 10. Like your top 10 should be the ones you had the best time reading or the Definitely. ones that moved you or, or the ones that have stayed with you. I think that's a good way of looking at it because some of the fun ones have stayed with me. And then I Definitely. was looking back and I was like, well, look, Norman Foreman was in my top 10 one year. And like, yeah. I think it's always going to be that for me because I just love those types of books so much. Exactly. And I think... It is just a sign, like if you can really recall like the smaller details of a book mm. a year on, six months on, however long, it's a sign that it is a top book for you because it's really ingrained in your memory. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Love that. And um, so we've discussed books throughout the year where I think both of us have been teasing like this will be in my top 10 books of the year. Mm. So shall we recap some of those together for anyone who wants reminding and to also reveal which of those books it rung true for. Yeah, made it yeah. after the bold claims. Yeah, okay. Um, so obviously Yellow Face by RF Kuang was gonna carry through. We absolutely loved it. And we and we did recently speak about it again, but I will drop a brief synop. Also, please note we've put together brief synops, okay? We aren't boring you with loads of long ones. Um, when Athena dies in a freak accident, June steals her unpublished manuscript and publishes it as her own under the ambiguous name Juniper Song. But as evidence threatens June's stolen success, she will discover exactly how far she will go to keep what she thinks she deserves. What happens next is entirely everyone else's fault. And was this your showstopper or your technical in the Bake Off episode? I think it was my showstopper. Because it really is. It is. And actually, fun fact, on um, in our reading journal, you know, the flow chart for my yes. favourite book of the year. Oh, yeah. What have I got? My book that made it all the way through to the end of the flow chart is Yellow Face. Okay, let me check mine because I think mine got quite far. I haven't written it. So my final three, again, yeah. because I started it October to October. Oh, oh, this is crazy. Okay. So the top one was The Light We Carry, which was the next book from Michelle Obama. Yeah. Then it was Yellow Face. And then it was Wild Things. <laughs> oh my God. Well, so mine, my top three were Romantic Comedy, which we're coming on to talk about, Yellow Face and Year of the Locust, which is where I'm going to talk about at some point in this episode. Oh, and then you went for Yellow Face. And I went for Yellow Face. It was the showstopper, Jess. It is. I think I am going to have to do the same because I just think about it all the time. All the time, same. And I've never read anything else like it. Yeah. And it's also like my go-to reco for people who say like, oh, what book shall I read or whatever? I, I The first thing I ask is like, have you read Yellow Face yet? Like oh, it's my go-to, yeah. Because it's so bookish, I don't recommend it to like I know some of my friends are asking me for a romance reco and therefore mm, I should probably yeah. be like you should read this as something different but then I'm like will they appreciate all the intricacies yeah. and like how scary this was in the publishing world for her to write and that kind of thing but maybe mm -hmm. I just should maybe I think it's more like people at work and and they 
friends at work, I know they like that kind of book that's going to challenge yeah. your way of thinking a lot. Um, yeah. But my, but for my favorite book of the year, what I did was obviously we've got 12 columns, one for each month of the year, and each month you can write one book. And what the I, month. And the month, exactly. And because I stuck at the beginning of the year, wrote Jan, Feb, March, April, May to December, I then wrote just what my favorite book of that month. So actually some of the books on here didn't make their way into my top 10 mm. because there's 12. I think in like April, I had like three, three of my top 10 came from April, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, it's a fun exercise. Yeah, it is. I love seeing them all like this. Um, Have you, I mean, let's go to our review page for Yellowface and like, did you write down any quotes or anything? Yes, I wrote down. Oh, it was a book about reading um, and it, goes reading lets us live in someone else's shoes literature builds bridges it makes our world larger not smaller yeah that's on my quote page too (laughs) (laughs) but then I also put another one that's about reading it's not a gorgeous poetic quote it is reading should be an enjoyable experience not a chore snaps for that (laughs) it's like world things you know yeah exactly exactly um what a what a great book I mean yeah yeah anyone who is listening to this podcast is clearly invested in the book world and if you haven't read this book then what are you doing also most of our listeners have we cannot ignore the fact that yellow face was our most listened to podcast episode of the year in spotify wrapped I and forgot that, yeah. The most amount of mental stats came from it. Like apparently we got 10% of this year's listeners started with Yellowface. They like wanted to listen to this episode, found it, then discovered our podcast and then became loyal listeners and listened to other episodes. Like that is wild. That is really wild, actually. Thank you. If you're yeah. one of those listeners, <laughs> thank you very much. And lovely to have you here. I'm so yeah. glad you found yeah. us. We're still talking about Yellowface. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another book that is on both of our top 10s and we have previously said this is going to be on our top 10 and we have just mentioned is Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. So quicks and up, Sally is a sketch writer for the late night comedy show where too many of the mediocre men have ended up in relationships with the beautiful celebrity hosts. But that would never happen to Sally, dot, dot, dot. Guess what happened to Sally, guys? It's a romantic comedy. <laughs> it is, again, like Yellowface, not in the same way, but not like anything else I've ever read. Yeah, same. And I think almost like it being called romantic comedy is an irony. Yeah. Um, but it also is a romantic comedy. <laughs> yeah. So it it's just really true to um, the sort of sense of humour from like the Late Late Show and that this is inspired from by SNL, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's all like, you know, ripping off Pete Davidson and all this sort of stuff. And if you're into celebrity gossip like I am, then you will love this. And it's told in three parts as well. And they're all like told really differently. And the second part is all emails. And if you listen to this podcast, you will know that we fucking love it when it's not written as a traditional story. Wow. hence the appeal and the christmas appeal being mentioned in this episode already we absolutely love it yep um and it's like got a really well it's also set partly in covid 
So mm. it was a little bit jarring, but also enough time has passed that it yeah. felt felt good, felt good about it. And this was one of the reads that I mentioned in April, where April we got we got a lot of top records. April and August, so it was the two A months. Mm. How do we analyze that? Yeah, good good months for me. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Have you got any romantic comedy quotes? I think we've probably already said loads in the episode, but I haven't actually made a note of any in this in my reading track journal. I need to go back and fill them in for this one. Well, I've I've got a new one that I don't think I shared before. Mm. Um, but I did make a note of it at the time. And I think like since getting married this year and whatever, like I've basically had this conversation with my husband. I was like, oh, and I underlined this quote like back then. So the quote is um, you know the advice about how you should always play tennis with people better than you. When I'm talking to you, I'm a funnier and smarter version of myself because you are funny and smart. Aww. And I was like, that is cute from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously thought it at the time. And then since we've like had this whole conversation together. Yeah. It's just a so great sweet. book that's really real. It is. Like it is really real and very believable. And also, yeah. Great book. Great book. Easily great book. Sorry, 10. I was just... Went a bit whimsical then just thinking about it <laughs> okay well shall we move on to it because guess what guys there's another one that we've spoken about this year and we both said this is going to be in the top 10 and it's yeah, there and it is um I actually read this in betwixtmas when I was trying to cram to get Did 100 you? books yeah <laughs> and didn't need to um but we January. didn't review it. we didn't review it to a jam so that's why it's allowed and because yeah. by that point, I'd already chosen last year's top 10. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So this is We All Want Impossible Things by Catherine Newman. Mm-hmm. A quick synopsis for you. Edie and Ash have been friends their entire lives. So when Edie is moved into a hospice with terminal cancer, Ash rallies to give her all the care she needs. It's a wonderful story of friendship and finding joy. Oh, it really is, isn't it? The friendship yeah. in this book is just so beautiful. Yeah. And I am. Um, so on in our reading journals, there's space for 12 reviews per month. and it, it's got a box that says how reading this book made me feel. And I wrote, despite being set in a hospice for the most part, the book was so full of humor and I loved all the weird and wonderful relationships. Oh, and I'm glad I wrote that down. Now I know. <laughs> that is, that's a really nice. Sometimes I only um just write words in this one. I put uh, nostalgic, but also uplifting. Nice. Um, but yeah, and it is it is exactly that. I want to read one of the quotes I put from this as well. And it is, is it better to have loved and lost? Ask anyone in pain and they'll tell you no. And yet here we are hurtling ourselves headlong into love like lemmings off a cliff into a churning sea of grief. I think I read that one in our episode as well. Yeah, I think you did. And yeah, my two, I remember reading them before, but the quotes I've made note of are silly ones. That oh, aren't moving, even though there's so many moving ones. Um <laughs> you know when you put on a sweater in the car and then when you get to where you you're going you can't figure out how to get off your seatbelt <laughs> it's just such a good book it's it's so relatable yeah. there's yeah. so many moments like that where which you haven't even thought about in life yeah that, uh, happened to everyone and it and- just completely like and it, she links it to a situation that she's trying to make sense of and you're like fuck yeah. that is the perfect analogy yeah just oh. so good so so good um okay I'm really pleased that we've revisited these books and that our journals have allowed us to do so um so looking at both of our top 10 lists mm-hmm. 
both of us have a couple of buddy reads. So we've both read the book together. Yes. But then they've only, the book was only featured in one of our top tens. More interesting analysis. So shall we move on to those books? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so one of mine was How Not to Have an Arranged Marriage by Dr. Amir Khan. Won't go into it in too much detail because there is a whole podcast episode where mm. we interviewed the lovely GP and author. Um, but really quick synop, um, Yusuf is the golden child to his strict Pakistani parents, overshadowing his younger sister, Rina. As he finishes his medical degree in London, Yusuf life appears to be mapped out for him become a doctor marry a suitable girl of his parents choosing and above all make his family proud then Yusuf meets Jess and it's the will they won't they love story that we all needed and there's it had so much didn't it Jess there was like multiple Mm. perspectives multiple timelines um and also just amazing like wedding scenes and it was just had everything and it had it all and I think it being written by a man for me I don't really we don't really read books of this genre by men and the fact that it was done so well um, do you know what you say that but we also interviewed Mike Gale this year about a romance yeah, we by did. A man, so maybe this was the year for it and yeah this was the year for the first men on the book records yeah. podcast as well we allowed really. two of them in oh my god <laughs> but yeah definitely made it up there for top books for me because just like you said it just stayed with me and like le- mm. left me fe- like I still really remember it yeah I'm really enjoyed reading it yeah what was yeah. a buddy read that made it into your top 10 Happy Couple by Nisha Dolan. Oh, I, I did think about that one. I loved gorgeous. it. Yeah. It just filled that Cleopatra Frankenstein hole that was left behind. And I just thought it was so clever and funny. Um, mm-hmm. So as a reminder, because we have spoken about it, um, we move from, from the engagement party to the wedding day. We meet Celine, the bride, Luke, the groom, Archie, the best man, Phoebe, the bridesmaid, and Vivian, the guest and ex. As the wedding approaches and these five lives intersect, each character will find themselves looking for a path to their happily ever after. But does it lie at the end of an aisle? And so basically we move from that period and it's told in five parts from different characters' perspectives. And they kind of weave around a little bit. Like in listening to the fifth characters, you do kind of jump back to something Mm. that the first character was saying, but you hear it from another side and it's clever and it's cool. It's really cool. It is cool. And how funny that we both for the, the have made a buddy read enter into our top 10 and they're both about uh, weddings. Yeah. And we both chose a different one. Yeah. Good, good analysis, Lauren. <laughs> like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really good book. I, I, I'm going to audio book it at some point. Oh, I think that's a great shout. Yeah. Mm. I'll check it on BorrowBox first, but equally, I'm now trying to use those Audible credits, like I said I would, so I could cancel. Well, quick detour, but what audiobook made it into your book bingo? It's empty, even though I've listened to so many audiobooks because it felt like cheating. The pressure, the pressure, the pressure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. so I could I could say any. <laughs> come come back to the, do that one last, then you might want to use some for another category as well which is, is what I found that is it that is exactly it yeah. yeah it's once it's written it's committed to the page and you, you can't... know what I did that 
I think I wrote The Winners by Frederick Backman, Friedrich Backman. And I put, I listened to it as an audiobook, but I put it as like part of a series and then I was really annoyed with myself or something. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we are still not done. (laughs) Looking at um, both of our lists, we've got a few that we have already spoken about. So we can quick fire run through because then there are a few that we have not brought to the podcast yet. Mm-hmm. So should we quick fire the ones yeah. that we have already mentioned? Lauren, you want to go first? Okay, cool. So this one was part of my book bingo part of the series and that is Lucy by the Sea. But as I mentioned, when I record this book, you, it doesn't have to be read as part of the series. It can be read in whatever order. But quick reminder, Lucy's ex-husband, William, begs her to escape New York to a coastal house in Maine. She reluctantly agrees with the expectation that she'll be gone only a week or two. As the weeks turn into months, Lucy and William face their complex past together in a little house nestled against the sea. And it was just so gorgeous. Again, another book that references covid and they will get locked down together, but just so beautiful. And I was ready for it. And Lucy and William, if you fit, if you've read any of the series before, you've like read the book about their divorce. You've read a book, the book about how they got together. So then, getting to read this book, which is set after their divorce, but they're like happily cohabiting together in Maine during a pandemic, was yeah, so so gorgeous. And have any of the previous ones been in your top 10? No, I don't think they have. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. Fun analysis. Fun analysis. <laughs> okay, so my one, which I've spoken about, is The Shadow Cabinet by Juno Dawson. So it's the sequel to Her Majesty's Royal Coven. And again, because I started this at the end of last year, Her Majesty's Royal Coven is my book set in another world on book bingo. Um, and this, oops, sorry, just knocked my mic with my journal. Um. I'll give like a series synopsis so there's no spoilers. Her Majesty's Royal Coven is a secret coven of witches protecting the crown and country from magical forces. But strange things are happening in Hebden Bridge, which make life as a modern witch a tad more demanding. And so, yeah, it's got lots of witchiness, but it's all in like the world where you're not supposed to, like witches are a secret, but it's the modern world. Lots of nostalgic references to the Spice Girls and Tammy Girl and fun things like that. Mm-hmm. um loads of characters but Juno writes it in a way that like you are brought up to speed with each book which I've said before I think it even starts with like a character list which is just so helpful the books are fucking huge but it will you will absolutely fly through them like don't be scared by the size yeah sizes and everything <laughs> in this instance <laughs> uh so okay. and another book that I have spoken about before is Mad Honey and it's a dual authorship so it's written by jennifer finney boylan and jodie pickolt um jennifer boylan is a trans activist and author and i'm sure many people will be familiar with jodie pickolt um and part of what i loved about this book so much was the author's note afterwards mm, uh, which jess is a that. big fan of <laughs> reading um and essentially jodie pickolt um sorry jennifer finley Finney Boylan had a dream where her and Jodie co-wrote a book together and she tweeted about it and then Jodie Pickle was like yeah sure let's do it and Mad Honey was born um so here's a quick synopsis Olivia fled her abusive marriage to return to her hometown and take over the family beekeeping business when her son was six 
Now Ash is over six feet tall and in his last year of high school, a kind, good-looking, popular ice hockey star with a tiny sprite of a new girlfriend who Olivia loves. Then Lily is found with a catastrophic head injury at the bottom of the stairs and Asher is arrested on charge of her murder. What was the truth of their relationship? So loved so many things about this book, dual narrative, there was a crime element, you know, a mystery who done it. Ash is obviously convicted for this murder. And the whole thing is like, did he do it? Didn't he do it? And um, the characters were so like believable. I loved their uh it, it, oh, I can't I can't explain it. Like I just loved the characters. They were so I was in, so invested in them. And that was a huge part of how this book has stayed with me. Hmm. Yeah, it is always the characters, isn't it? If they're well written. And did you write a favorite character from the book in your reading journal? Because there's a line that says favorite character. I put Lily and she could actually be the book with the strong female lead, to be honest. Um, but we've gone limelight. So yeah, yeah, there we go. Don't mess with a good thing. Okay. Um, my next book I talked about really recently in our Bake Off episode. It was my showstopper, The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. So as a brief reminder, it's set during the Great Depression. Elsa and her children are living a difficult life on the farm amidst the droughts and dust storms, but it's their home and it's all they've ever known. And now she must consider whether grass will be whether the grass will be greener on the other side and if she should leave. And this actually, spoiler alert, brings me on to my final two that I haven't discussed yet. But Lauren does have one more to discuss, so we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but fucking brilliant. Thought I wasn't going to like it because of the description and because it's historical fiction, but anything written by Kristen Hannah seems I adore. So uh, loved it. Absolutely fantastic. Can't believe how quickly I read it. Amazing. Really, 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 really good. <laughs> Over to you, Lauren. <laughs> what what a review. Really, 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 really good. That's all you need to know. There we go. The cracker is done. Yeah. Um, mine is Book of Fire, which was also in the book bingo I completed for audiobook. Irini lives in an ancient forest in Greece with her husband and daughter. One fateful day changes their lives forever as a wildfire consumes their homes and lives as they know it. In the smouldering aftermath, Irini stumbles upon the body of a man who started the fire. And in her anger at all he took from them, Irini makes a split second decision that will haunt her. Was this, oh. a, was this a Bake Off one from you? You've definitely spoken about this recently. Maybe it was just a recent discussion. Must have been. Yeah, I think I spoke about it must have been a recent discussion because I yeah. remember talking about the audio book of it. Um, and I really liked the audio book and um would recommend it being listened to. But uh, yeah, I just love all of Christy Leftery's writing styles. It is just gorgeous, like real rich characters. Um, but also there's a, a really interesting plot line and no spoiler like it's a book with a bit of a crime aspect to it so clearly <laughs> like books which will have any as even a small element of crime do stay with me because I do love guessing yeah. and being on that journey and knowing you know, you know like being being a detective so good good reco it's yeah. been a good it's been a big Christy Leftery year for me as well yeah with the play exactly yeah nice okay. all right best till last never before spoken about on the pod books coming up yes. i'm gonna come at you with two more Kristen hannah echoes that are completely different 
So my first Kristen Hannah book was Firefly Lane. Didn't watch the series because I was like, no, I, I want to read this book. I know I want to read this book, but I wanted it with a specific cover. And then <laughs> I found it in a charity shop. And I was like, finally, I can now read this book. And it's amazing. It's about Tully and Kate who meet as young girls on Firefly Lane and they become inseparable friends throughout 30 years of ups and downs. And they're pretty different, really different upbringings and families, but find a safe place with with each other. And as they go through life, they're like, we are, one of them is like, we are going to do everything together and they do everything together. And then they kind of branch off because actually you know when you grow older you are allowed to change your hopes and dreams <laughs> and you sort of see how their lives how they remain friends whilst doing their different paths but like how different they become and there's just honestly so much that happens I mean it spans 30 years mm-hmm. there's children jobs travel Aww. so much um and I'm n- not even going to say anything about the ending but didn't see it coming so much so lovely wow Wow. Um, yeah, I just loved it. And it's definitely character driven, not plot driven. So okay. there, but I, I just think it's so, so good that surely anyone that needs plot would still love this. Surely. Okay. Surely. Really I might audio book it in the betwixtmist. Mm. Good one. Period. Yeah, it might be on Borrow Box because it's not new. The the best thing about discovering Kristen Hannah is that I'm buying all of the books secondhand because they're not yeah. new. Apart from new one next year. I'm so exciting. Um, and then the other one that's in my top 10 is The Great Alone, which is such a different vibe. So since the war, Lenny's dad has changed and they are constantly on the move to settle in a place he might find peace which brings them to Alaska, a.k.a. The Great Alone, where you can make one mistake because the second one will kill you. And I did not appreciate what living in Alaska was like, (laughs) which I should because I really love the movie Snow Dogs where the dentist has to go to Alaska and play with huskies. (laughs) But basically in Alaska... Uh, it's like dark for the whole of winter and whatever and they all they were well, not all but they live off the land so they basically send the whole summer working in preparation to be able to make it through the winters and uh Lenny and her family they like inherit this sort of shack if you will that they live in and like the toilet is outside in an outhouse it doesn't have electricity to begin with um but Lenny's dad absolutely loves it and he's like a bit of a doomsday prepper and like doesn't believe in the like believes the government is telling him lies and he's just the most difficult awful man he's also abusive to the wife Mm. and so it's just really scary that they're living in this scary place with this man who could just like explode with anger at any moment like really horrible but Lenny's really lovely the school has like seven pupils and they're all aged from like six to 17 and they're all in the same class like I just didn't know about any of this um and so the book kind of talks about Alaska as this like beautiful landscape but also how um it changes so it's again it spans I think like maybe two decades um and you see like it's they're sort of welcoming tourists and like trying to change the local town to adapt with the times that it's like so different to the beginning of the book but of course Lenny's dad is really angry about this and just so much happens a lot of drama but it all has this like eerie Mm. I'm in Alaska alone feel and it's just really gorgeous big family drama yeah, I love how different all of her book, books sound. Fucking so diverse, kind of yeah. like Jodie Pickle in that way. Like I have likened any, her to that before. Yeah, any any topic, 
Yeah. And then she'll just dive headfirst into it and become immersed in that topic. Exactly. And do loads of research. But actually, in the author's note, she um, has lived in Alaska. And I think ah. she said, I can't remember now, but I think it was like her brother lives in Alaska full time or, or something oh, like that. Okay. Um, so I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, surely yeah. to know this and to be inspired to write this and whatever. And it's just absolutely brilliant believe everything you hear about this book kicking myself I left it so long when I knew I wanted to read it for ages yeah um yeah very pleased for it to be in my top 10 and lucky lucky Kirsten for getting two slots in your top 10 three because also the four wins fuck (laughs) (laughs) that's why I've got um well I've got the women which comes out next year and winter garden on my shelves but I was like you're actually going to have to wait till we record the top 10 episodes to read them because otherwise like your whole top 10 could just like five of them could be Christian Hannibal's. Monopolizing your top 10. Yeah. Oh my God. If that's not a record on, on its own. Yeah. Then true. I don't know what true. is. Okay, Lauren, you've got a book that has never before been spoken about. Perhaps a recent read. Take it away. It is Year of the Locust by Terry... Fuck, forgot his last name. Good start. Terry Hayes. Terry Hayes. I, I was going to say Hughes. So yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he wrote I Am Pilgrim and I have dis- disclaimer, haven't read I Am Pilgrim, but it's one of those books where actually it's now on my list to find in a charity shop. Uh, mm. So here's the snob. Kane is a denied access area spy for the CIA whose function is to go in, do whatever is required and get out again by whatever means is necessary. But when Kane travels to the borders of Pakistan, Iran and Afghanistan to exfiltrate a man with vital information for the safety of the West, he instead meets an advisory who would take the world to the brink of extinction. A frighteningly clever, vicious man with blood on his hands and a vengeance in his heart. And I was just really in the mood to read a book so different to everything else I've been reading recently. Mm. And this was it. Like, it was a chunky, chunky book set in three parts. Each part felt almost like it could have been a book on its own. And he's, like, on different missions, but he's also, like, it also follows his, like, family life back home where he's got a girlfriend, long-term girlfriend, and... You know, he can't, it's like, that. tells you about the early stages of them dating. He has to lie about what he does for a living. And then eventually their relationship gets serious. So he then has to tell her, you know, I'm a spy, I work for the CIA. And it like confronts her discomfort with not knowing like what he actually does, what kind of a spy he is, whether it's dangerous, not knowing how long he'll be out on a job, whether he'll come home again. And so there was like that side of the story. Then there's the side of the story where he's in like Afghanistan, hunting down terrorists. And then the third part of the book, I'm not going to say give anything away because like I didn't see it coming, felt completely different to the rest of the book. At first I was like, oh, don't know how I feel about this. This feels really jarring. It's almost like dystopian territory. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all I'm going to say, but I fucking loved it. And found myself thinking about it in between reading which I always say is such a good sign if yeah. you're thinking about a plot and you're just like oh I just want to like finish work so I can get on the train and continue reading uh so yeah 10 out of 10 would reco love that and I have seen people that love Diane Pilgrim not love this as much 
So mm. that's really, maybe they thought it was going to be so. Yeah. Maybe they went in with the expectations of it's going to be another I am pilgrim. Whereas I haven't read that. So I haven't gone in Just, with, yeah. you know, no expectations. Yeah, exactly. There for the ride. Love that a lot. So I thought it would be fun if we assessed the genres of our top tens. Yeah. Because okay. in our journal, we have a genre tracker where you can, yes. I mean, you can use the page however you like. I've used it as a little tally. Yeah. But you could try and write all the titles of books in there or whatever. Um, so our genres. I've got one romance, one thriller. One historical fiction, one fantasy, one that I've called drama, but I guess it's actually fiction. So I have one, two, three, four, five fiction, six fiction, just <laughs> as their genre. But you could break it down to probably yeah. be like commercial fiction, drama, yeah. whatever. But yeah, weird. I think it's the first year I haven't had any nonfiction in my ah, yeah. top 10. And I was, how to say Babylon by Sophia, I can't remember her surname, um, was, it's an honourable mention to that because that yeah. was a really good memoir, but it just didn't beat any of these books. So yeah. that's, that's mine. What should I say, Lauren? My honourable men- mention for that category as well was Transitional by Munro Bergdorf. Yeah. Was that this year? Yeah. Wow. Like that in February. Um. So shout out to that one. Didn't make it into the top 10. Um, But I have, I think I've got one romance. I've got two thrillers, one sort of self-helpy nonfiction. And then the rest are sort of a cross between fiction, drama, and lit fic. Yeah. I think sort of all blends into one, doesn't it? Yeah. We love fiction. We love fiction. I think it's my it's the biggest best way to escape, I think. Yeah. Fiction. Yeah, definitely. Um what are you? And so well, yeah, I'm now gonna flick us to our reading goals page. So the journal starts where you can set some reading goals if you'd like to, and then there's a tick box you can come back and tick them if you've done them. (laughs) Um I put read at least one book a week. Oh. Because that's what I used. Well, yeah. I mean, 2020 doesn't count because that was ridiculous. That was like two or three books a week. And this yeah, I think on average, it would average out as one a week. But I think actually there were some weeks where I read two. Like when I was tanning in the garden, I yeah. smashed out like three books in three days. But then there was a week when I didn't read anything. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that counts or not. I One of my goals was to read more audiobooks. Mm. And I definitely have done that this year. I think for me, it also takes off like a lot of pressure to sit down and read. Like you can read on the go. And like yeah. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I was like, I just need to read more audio books, I think. Because then it feels like you're still, not that it should be seen as like achieving whatever, but yeah. it's something that I want. So it yeah. just seems like an easy way for me to achieve it. I feel like that was a fake goal from you because you, I have you down as someone that listens to audiobooks a lot. Did you not feel that? I think it was more that I 
sometimes get daunted by how many books I have to read. Whereas if I just enter the month by saying like, I'm going to read that on audio or like at least have always have one audio book on mm. the go, then it helps me re meet my reading goals and expectations a lot quicker rather than being a little bit more sporadic about, oh, I wonder if that's on audio or whatever. Like gotcha. staying from the start that I'm going to tackle it almost like 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Absolutely hilarious. One of mine is read Kristen Hannah's backlist. Tick. Fucking tick. And that's going to carry into next year because I intend to read one a month next year. Well done. I've started a list of, because her backlist is huge, of like what are the most recommended ones. And I am yeah. so ready. Love that. Yeah. Um, One I have not achieved is to reread Great Expectations, which I've wanted to do for a long time, but it's just too big. Nice. I don't want to do it. How but, far, How big is it? I don't remember it being a big book. It's the biggest of all my classics is on it? my shelf. Yeah. You, you were a... saying the other day you might listen to it on audio. Yeah. I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I really want to reread it. I just think, like, I remember really enjoying it. I, like, sorry, but Miss Havisham is such a great character. Who yeah. thinks up that idea? And I think she was particularly on my mind with wedding dress shopping because I would try and address and these poor women in the shop trying to help me. I'd be like, this is very Miss Havisham. This reeks of Miss Havisham. I'm not wearing this. And they were obviously like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I do want to reread it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that can, this, obviously these journals are undated. My full intention is to carry on completing these challenges into 2024. Nice. Um. So that's a goal that can roll over. One of mine here, I've put read at least 10 pages before bed each night. Oh, that's a great one. I was just 10. Before 10. <laughs> no, no, 10 pages, not 10 o'clock. No, I always fall asleep before 10 pages. What? As soon as I get into bed, Jess, if I read two pages before falling asleep, I'm lucky. Like it just sends me off. Wow. No. I know, I can't do it. I have too much of a busy brain to be, ever be able to sleep just sleep so I have to read to like distract myself oh, and nice. then I'll be able to go to sleep um loved going through that with you and if anyone yeah, else does so this fun. tell us yeah go go through it with a friend this is actually a really great way to one obviously hold yourself accountable to mm. reading which is no bad thing and two great fun doing it alongside a friend yeah it just you know it's the ultimate buddy read it is <laughs> Um, okay, outside of books, Lauren, yes. just to round off the episode, your peak in your pit of 2023. Oh, peak and pit. Oh, I don't feel like it's been a year though. I feel like this year's been five weeks tops. Okay, peak and pit of five weeks. Okay. <laughs> um, going traveling for a month was definite peak. What was your yes. peak? Getting married. Yeah. Good year. good year my pit was gosh um there were some pretty shit times throughout this year so then <laughs> as 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 a collective yeah I think yeah. I've 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 had quite a lot of anxiety this year so that's been quite pity but yeah don't really Just... want to 
yeah but I think just a lot of it, it wasn't necessarily wedding planning my job as events manager like I mm. literally do this thing for a living but it would for some reason like whenever one thing went wrong three things work if one supplier fucked us over like there would then be like two other things yeah and, and then at the same time like work would be annoying or something in my personal life and like so there was just like at least three times throughout the year where like everything was very overwhelming all at once yeah and it's also different for planning an event for work because it's also it's so much more personal and yeah it's my money you know, <laughs> and your life yeah but yeah but overall so, happy to be married and yeah I'd like everyone I have been talked about in the podcast about like oh apparently wedding blues are a thing not got none I'm like whoop, don't have to think about that anymore just had a great day at the end of it so yeah that's so good yeah well what a year hey what 2023 in all of this I haven't counted up how many books I've read but maybe because the year isn't out I shouldn't yet or maybe I should no I haven't either because I also know that it's not even gonna be on par with previous years so I'm not even interested yeah I don't know if it'll be the hundred that I did last year that I crammed but I always forget about audiobooks I need and like the ones yeah you need to rack those in yeah those rereads will get you I'm doing a lot of that like I haven't written down everything I know about that I just reread it good point okay this has been fantastic Lauren this has been an hour shit yeah what a lovely hour what a lovely hour and if any of these books have made it into your top records of the year please let us know tag us in pictures on Instagram we always love to see that and yeah what book you put in book bingo as a record by book records yes I want to know we'd love to love to know that and a big thank you to our lovely lovely listeners honestly it does surprise us every week when we get people screenshotting that they're listening to the pod on their like morning walk or like saying that it's their favorite time of the week when the uh, pod episode launches and yeah and every time I'm like to fuck what have I said <laughs> yeah it's easy to forget that people listen to this and it's really not just easy. us having a chat um so it's quite nice to be reminded that it you know it's helping other people with their reading journeys too so yeah thanks to the listeners hey thanks guys it's been a good 2023 we will see you on the other side bye thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddy because they might like to listen as well and if you don't already then follow us on instagram at book recos for funnily enough more book recommendations see you next week we'll be here